Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Love Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the Matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy, so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. All right, man. Uh, I'm just trying to hook up this one software right quick, and then I'll be ready. All right. You in the row? Yeah, always. <laughs> All right. It's probably good. With, it's probably good you didn't call me around two or something because I was right in the middle of Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah, that's busy. <laughs> uh, I could have had like a road rage moment down there or something. That could have been bad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, yeah, that could have been. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote. I, I drove through Atlanta a couple of times, and it's it kind of hectic. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, I've been watching your uh, videos on YouTube for a while, so uh, you uh, have a lot of interesting things to say, man. So I like to thank you. Uh, your blessing from God. Uh, yeah, he's using you in mighty ways, and I, you know, man, I, I just love to see. Someone, a brother who uh, has the same thoughts as I have. So I like to commend you for doing what you do, bro. I appreciate it. Uh, I've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of resistance, you know, just over the years. So I've been doing this since probably 2008. So uh, I mean, the devil's always after me about it. You know, he's always trying to get me to quit making videos. Always telling me, uh, oh, nobody wants to hear you or you know, always telling me that, uh, I don't know, he's always trying to get in my head because uh, I know I'm ticking him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I don't say this is a point of pride, only an observation, but, uh-huh. I mean, if you look at, like, you know, Peter and Paul and the guys in the New Testament. Yeah. And you think about how many people they were really reaching in their lifetime. Uh-huh. You know, on the day of 
calls, Peter talked to, what, 3,000 people, 3,000 people got saved? Yeah. You know, and through this YouTube technology, I'm able to get out to, uh, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's wild to kind of look at it from that perspective, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you get started in uh, with YouTube? Well, uh, I might as well give you the uh, the abbreviated version of my uh, testimony because it, it actually starts, uh, like my YouTube actually kind of stems off of that. But I was, uh, I was in the Army for eight years, and uh, when you're in the Army, they don't just treat, you know, they don't just teach you how to go to war. They teach you how to drink, too. I mean, that's like <laughs> part of the job. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I joined the Army in 2000, and, uh, you know, just got good at what I did. I ended up going to Iraq in 2005. Yeah. Uh, had some experiences over there, and when I got home, um, I moved to Cincinnati, where uh, she's my wife now, but she's my girlfriend at the time. You know, we were living there in Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, so I was going to the bar all the time, and, uh, you know, what happened was, uh, I guess I just got a hold of her. Her parents are Christian, so they were praying praying for her. And, you know, God got a hold of her and got her out of the bar scene, and she started uh, reading her Bible and praying. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there still wanting to, you know, get drunk all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm not ready for this. She started listening to Christian music and everything. I was uh-huh. like, oh, this is, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh so what happened was probably three or four months after she, you know, got uh, you know, God got a hold of her. Um, I actually had a friend that uh, I only really had one friend there in Cincinnati, and uh, his wife was friends with my wife, so we'd always do kind of the double date kind of thing. Yeah. And he had a drug problem since he was you know a teenager, so I mean. They were smoking pot daily. Uh, I mean, he would get into other stuff. And, uh, you know, just long story short, he ended up committing suicide, you know, Man. just just because of all the turmoil in his life. And when that happened, you know, I was in the bar, and, uh, you know, this was just a little bit after uh, 4th of July. And, uh, yeah, I just went in there and just got blackout drunk, you know. Yeah. And the first then, you know, I got in a fight, and then the second weekend I got blackout drunk. I uh, I don't I don't remember most of the night, mm-hmm. and uh, what ended up happening was I threw a TV at my wife and did all these crazy things. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, for years I've been trying to figure out exactly what happened on that night. Uh-huh. But here's what I do know: for nine years, I was a straight up alcoholic. You know, just addicted to alcohol. Uh, you know, at, at one point I was smoking three packs a day of cigarettes and everything. Yeah. And after that night, I got delivered from nine years of drinking in a single day. Wow. I went from I went from drinking five or six days a week to stone sober. Wow. And, and I know it, I know it wasn't me because I tried I tried to quit before. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, because of this testimony, you know, like I just spent the next several months really growing, and uh, what really got my attention was uh, Bill Weiss's book, 23 Minutes in Hell. That really, oh, yeah. that really grabbed me. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, from that point on, I just really started. I just really started growing. I just, you know, was reading my Bible as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I felt the change within me, you know, because I, I spent so much of my growing up in church and believing in God and stuff, but now I felt a change. Now I felt, you know, something new in my spirit, something new in my heart. And uh, because of that, I think YouTube came out in like 2005 or something. Yeah. And when I first saw it, I was looking at it. I was like, man, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Who wants to sit around and watch somebody sitting in their living room in their socks and their underwear talking about who, whatever the heck they're talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm sitting here thinking YouTube's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. And then... Uh, I don't really, it must have been 2008 sometime, and I just felt like the Lord was telling me, I want you to put your testimony on there. Mm-hmm. So I put my testimony on YouTube, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just kind of let it sit for a while, you know. I didn't, uh, you know, it's not like the views exploded or anything. Yeah. Uh, but what happened was, you know, at the same time, I was really studying prophecy, mm-hmm. and the first prophecy video that I made got 10,000 hits, and I was like, whoa, man, there's something to this thing. Yeah. (laughs) And then when that took off like that, I was just like, I don't know, I just had a hunger to keep doing it. Yeah. And uh, I just kept going on the prophecy line because, you know, really back then, there weren't a lot of people talking about prophecy. No. You know, not that I was aware of. No. You know, when you start talking about Israel and the peace talks and all all the things that were going on back then. Yeah. Uh, I kind of felt like I was alone out there, you know, just doing it by myself. I'm not saying there weren't other people doing it, uh-huh. but you know, it just kind of felt like I was one of the few. And then just over the over the last several years, you can tell that people have really caught on to it. Oh yeah, you know that, that we're in the end times that these things are happening. Yeah. So. Yeah, speaking. That's how I started. <laughs> oh, amen. So it's a blessing to have you, bro. Um, now, what 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 are you looking at now as far as the end times? Just get right into it. Um, I think the uh, I don't know. I've made the mistake of getting into like date setting and doing stuff like that, and I've uh, I've since repented of that because I've seen how badly people can get burned by it. Yeah. At the same time, I fully believe that we're in the season. Yeah. And uh, what I look at the most that I think is the most telltale sign is just the current events, um, not only in our own country, but, you know, mostly in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take things like uh, there's Psalm 83, there's Isaiah 17, and there's uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, mm-hmm. and all three of those talk about, you know, wars and battles and all this kind of stuff uh, between all of Israel's neighbors. Yeah. And uh, what wasn't going on back in 2008 was that, you know, back in 08, Israel and Turkey were still allies. You know, you weren't hearing about, like, Iran and Russia being buddies. You weren't hearing about all these kind of alliances that are now, like, in the news constantly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not only that, you look at uh, the book of Zechariah, you know, talks about... um, you know, people wanting to come against Jerusalem to divide Jerusalem. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, look at how just trying to divide Jerusalem all the time. You know, they're wanting to they're wanting to create the Palestinian state. They're wanting to uh, you know they're they're saying that East Jerusalem belongs to us. It never belonged to the Jews. You know. So I just I really look at those uh, I really look at those current events. I look at all the natural disasters that I think I don't know any anybody uh, who's older than high school age should be able to perceive that you know things have seriously increased since you know when we were kids. And you know one of the things Jesus talked about was that you know uh, the signs before his coming would be. You know, increase in earthquakes, increase in, uh, you know, the sea and the waves roaring with perplexity, all those kind of things. And it's like, the the things that we see in an average week now, mm-hmm. you probably would see in the span of like six months, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, it's just become so rapid fire that we're like desensitized to it. Yeah, yeah. Now, as a matter of fact, you hit the right nail on the head right there, uh, because I was going to go there. Uh, Just in the days of Noah, um, carelessness, and and the days of uh, Lot, uh, give me a heads up on how you perceive the generation is taking these events. Now, some of of us look like we know. Of course, we call ourselves watchers. Not everybody calls themselves watchers, but those who are sort of reading into Bible prophecy. And then there are people who... The Bible explains it should come on them unaware. Explain to me what the right. what is the generation thinking of these days? Uh, they're thinking about uh, <laughs> they're thinking about Xbox. They're thinking about uh, American, American Idol. <laughs> they're thinking about you know, Twilight. And they're thinking about all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that I was talking to the Lord yesterday, mm-hmm. I was like, why is it so hard? to get the gospel out to people today. Why is it that so, you know, people are just so resistant to hearing it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I opened my Bible this morning, and I was in the book of Job, and I came across a verse, uh, i try to remember where it was. It might have been like Job 12.5. Yeah. And it said, uh, I don't have my Bible in front of me. You might have to quote it for me. You got yours? No, I, as a matter of fact, I'm not. Yeah, actually, you. what did you say it was? Uh, Job 12.5. I'm on the road, so I can't just, you know, grab yeah, yeah. my Bible, <laughs> throw it up on the steering wheel, you know? Now, you talking about Job, Job or you talking about Joel? Job, J-O-B. Okay, I got you. Yeah, you can keep talking. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the generation around us, um, they're just so blinded by the world, you know? They're so caught up in the things of the world. Yeah. Uh you know, the Bible is, you know, it just seems like some dusty old book to them. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. Job, you know, and it's like, they, Job you got it? Five, right? Job 12. You said five. you got it? Yeah. He that is ready to slip with his feet is as a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at ease. Keep going? Yeah, that was it. Um, and just what that told me was that, like, you know, the people that uh, the people that despise the light or despise the lamp or, you know, they despise it because they're at ease. Yeah. And that's the same with this generation. Everybody's so at ease. Everybody's got everything so, you know, easy. It's like there's no turmoil in their life. Yeah. Them to, you know, look for the light of the gospel, to look for the light of, you know, Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
And uh, that's, the, that's the same thing that the, uh, you know, Revelation 3 says about the Laodiceans. You know, the Laodiceans say, uh, we are you know, you're rich and have need of nothing, but you're really wretched, poor, blind, and naked. So that's the generation we're in, just a, a bunch of people that got life so easy yeah. that, you know, the gospel just kind of seems like, what do I need that for? I got all this, yeah. you know? yeah. Now, do you think that, because uh, I was reading this a, a couple of days ago, I kind of said it on my last radio program, where it says that the day of the Lord should come as a thief in the night. Now, I've, I've never heard anybody uh, generally cor- correlate the thief part as the church being taken out. Because I, I kind of, I kinda, I've always thought that that was what it meant. It's kind of like a jar. You know, you got a jar of, uh, you know, some fragrant perfume, and you take that jar off, and all of a sudden the perfume flies out. Well, I kind of like think, of course, in this in this rate, the the tribulation period actually stinks. But uh, but uh, the the rapture of the church does that define the thief in the night? Does that make any sense? Yeah, and I'm I'm very pre-trib, but that's only because. Uh you know, I've studied every angle. I've studied post-trib. I've studied mid-trib. Yeah. And every time, uh, every time I study it out and I look at it from a different angle, I always come back to pre-trib. Yeah. And the thing about the thief is, you know, especially with uh, post-trib, how can it come like a thief? You know, if the Bible says that, you know, the abomination of desolation is going to happen, and then you have twelve sixty days until the second coming. Yeah. You know. There's no, there's no surprise about that. You yeah. are given a specific number of days yeah. to watch for the second coming. Yes, yeah, sir. You know, so the thing about the thief, um, the, I think the most important thing that uh, most people miss, uh, and here's the reason why. Uh, we live in a Western culture. Mm-hmm. The Bible is written mostly by Jews for Jews, right? Yes. Sir. You know, the, the New Testament was written to the Gentiles, but it was written by Jewish people, you know, like Peter and Paul and all of them. Yes. So the Western culture really has no understanding of the Jewish culture. Mm-hmm. They're looking at this Jewish book through Western eyes and trying to understand it that way. Mm-hmm. So they're completely, they're completely missing all of the Jewish culture references, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the thief, you know, you talk about the Bible, or sorry, you talk about the rapture being like a thief. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rapture is so closely related to the Jewish wedding tradition mm-hmm. that people, you know, that most people don't even look at that. You know, if post-tribbers would, you know, really study out the Jewish wedding tradition, they'd see how it's all, you know, the same. Because what happens is the... The bridegroom comes and makes the proposal to the to the bride, and she accepts, and then he goes away to build, you know, an addition to his father's house. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the same as uh, John fourteen two and three. He says, you know, uh, I go to my father's house to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. Yeah, yeah. So he so in Jewish tradition, he's going to his father's house to add an addition to his house. Uh-huh. And then in Jewish tradition, he comes back and surprises the bride and takes her away. And on that night, you know, they go get married. Yeah, yes, sir. And then, and then after, you know, the bridegroom surprises her and takes her away and they go get married, then what do they do? They go live in the, 
in the addition on the father's house, or they go consummate the marriage for seven days. Yeah. You know, which you know, picture seven years, and then they emerge as bride and groom, which would be the second coming where Jesus comes with his bride to the Battle of Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. See, the problem with this today, though, is that they are trying to replace Israel with the church. Therefore, yeah. you get the problem of, uh, you get things mixed up. Uh, elaborate on that. Well, uh, one of the biggest things that, uh, or one of the biggest miracles in our modern time mm-hmm. is the nation of Israel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the reason there's so many attacks against the you know validity of the, the validity of Israel mm-hmm. is because Satan hates their guts, oh, and because yeah. you know they they are a miracle, and like Satan has to totally destroy you know their credibility and their reputation, uh-huh. you know, to make people think that oh they're just uh, the synagogue of Satan and they have no business there, right? Yeah. Well, the thing about Israel is that you know they were dispersed for over 1,800 years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just like the Bible said, it would come back, you know, their nation was born in a single day. Mm-hmm. In May of 1948, the, uh, you know, they declared their independence in a single day through the U.N. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Bible says, uh, shall a nation uh, bring forth in a day, something like that. Uh, I forget where that's at. Is it Isaiah, maybe? Yeah. But, you know, but there's so many prophetic things about the nation of Israel, and it's so contrary to common sense that they would be there. Yeah. Uh, there's 20, I think, 23 Muslim nations that surround them. Mm-hmm. You know, Israel is the size of New Jersey, mm-hmm. and everybody around them is armed to the teeth. Why have they not wiped them out yet? Yeah. You know, in uh, you know, immediately after their Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, several of the surrounding nations, I think it was, you know, Egypt and uh, Lebanon, uh, you know, some of the others, they immediately came to attack Israel, which was just born, you know. It's like, what kind of military do you have when you were just born yesterday? Yeah. But somehow they repelled all of these nations, and they took land from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's... so 1967 comes along, and, you know, the same thing going on. All these nations want to come and attack. Yeah. But in six days, they kick everybody's butt, and they take land from them. Yeah. I mean, it's totally contrary to common sense. Yeah. <laughs> so everything about Israel is miraculous. And, you know, you got so many people today saying that, uh, you know, Israel is, uh, you know, they're not, they're not really the Jews of the Bible and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the problem is that all these people just, they, they haven't really studied out the Old Testament because... There's promises in the Old Testament that absolutely must be fulfilled. God will not break his word. Yeah. And when he says that, you know, I will save a remnant of you, you know, or that, um, you know, the whole plan was that he said that, uh, you know, the Jews are in blindness until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Yeah. And then, you know, they would come back to, uh, you know, the understanding of the gospel and they'd preach the gospel. You know, because they were the ones that were in, um, they were they were the ones that were supposed to be kings and priests for Jesus, you know, for the gospel in the first place. Uh-huh. But they first rejected it, so he went to the Gentiles. So there's still promises where Israel is supposed to fulfill the, you know, evangelism of, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So 
Now, while most of the Jews, they may be, you know, secular or they don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah, yeah. that doesn't mean they're not Jews. It simply means they're still living in rebellion like so many of us were no. before we saw the truth. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you look at uh, you look at Ezekiel 39, the Battle of Gog and Magog, mm-hmm. and it says that, you know, when God destroys the armies that are coming against Israel, mm-hmm. it says that... Uh, you know, and Israel will know that I am the Lord. Yeah. You know, like, because of this miracle that he performed, um, they will now acknowledge that, oh, wow, there is a God, and he is still washing our back. Yeah. And then, you know, I believe Gog Magog is going to happen at the beginning of the seven years. Yeah. So, I mean, once this, once it's revealed to them again that God is still, you know, there and still in their corner and still has a covenant with them, you know, there's going to be 144, uh, you know, Jewish evangelists, and there's going to be two witnesses, and then those guys are going to be responsible for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, while, you know, um, you know, just, just like America's divided, you know, say, liberal and conservative, whatever, uh-huh. I think the Jews are going to be, liber- you know, they're, they're going to stay, you know, some are going to come and follow the Messiah, some are going to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as, you know, the truth, mm-hmm. but others are just going to be like, nope, I still don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. That, that, that's even... So, <laughs> you know, that, that's why there's going to be a remnant, uh, because, I don't know, everybody's got free will, and they're not going to be forced into believing the gospel. You know, nobody's really forced into it. You ultimately have to make your own decision. Yeah. But... Yeah. You know, with Israel, they have promises from the Old Testament that are still unfulfilled. And the problem with replacement theology is that, you know, it just ignores the, um, it ignores all the promises that were made to Israel yeah. that must still be fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes me wonder uh, why anybody even think think that that can even stand the chance of being correct. Uh, well, it's, it's just the devil just trying to stir stuff up and cause a bunch of confusion. Yeah. Now, uh, the the Illuminati, uh, I I look at the Illuminati kind of like I look at uh, when Jesus was here uh, and the he, I, I guess he just walked on water or something and then they crossed over to the other side. I don't know what situation was going on, but after he got off the boat, this... Uh, Man comes running up to him with no clothes on, and he and uh, he was um, possessed. Um, and uh, I look at that individual as possessed by Satan, of course, by the demons. Now, the Illuminati. Uh, a lot of people look at the Illuminati as you know they just look at the surface of the Illuminati, and they kind of say, "Well, yeah." The Illuminati is satanically induced, but they never think that Satan's controlling the whole thing. And and I and I and I do believe that that's happening. Is that Satan? He's controlling these organizations rather than the organizations just you know going after Satan as if Satan was just this you know god of the you know one of the gods of the Greek gods or something like that. He's actually he's actually controlling things. Uh, right. So, uh, on one point, I'm, I'm trying to bring up the Zionist excuse that all Jew, Jewish people are evil. 
you know, the I mean, I, I kind of get that mystique when I when I when I listen to Alex Jones and I, I like Alex Jones, but when I listen to other shows, everybody seems to go after the Jewish, like every Jewish person is part of the Lumina, uh, Zionist movement. Elaborate on that for me if you even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I, I've heard rumors about that, and I really don't pay any attention to it because you know the Bible says in uh, you know uh, Genesis 12, I think it's two and three. You know, uh, if you will bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you yes, curse sir. them, you will be cursed. Yeah. So I'm going to take that verse and place it high above man's opinion of anything in the Jewish culture. Exactly. I'm going to take God's word far above anything that they say. Amen. And like I said earlier, I do believe that much of the Jewish culture mm-hmm. is living in full rebellion against God. You know, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not denying that. Yeah. Uh, you know, many of them are not in line with the gospel. They've rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah. But, you know, there's a time for them, there's still yet future, where, you know, they still have their spiritual blindness, and when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in... Yeah then that blindness is going to be lifted, and, you know, then they can repent from the rebellion and, you know, whatever things that people claim that they're doing, you know. Uh, I know people got all kinds of claims against the Jews, and I, I really don't pay any attention to them because I see them as, you know, uh, God's people. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at them the same way I look at myself. You know, for 27 years of my life, I lived in full rebellion against God. Yeah. But I still... You know, uh, I don't want to get into predestination or anything, but I was still someone that he knew would come to, you know, become his child. Mm-hmm. So there were promises to me that he made before I was ever born. Yes, sir. You know, because he knew that I would choose his son, Jesus Christ, as my Savior. Yeah. So that's the same way I look at the Jews, you know. They just haven't come to their point where, you know, they've been enlightened to what the truth is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly the same way that I was. You know, I was living in the world, uh, you know, drinking and smoking and joking and going to war, almost yeah. killing people and all that stuff. Yeah. But then Jesus lifted that spiritual blindness the same way that he's going to do to the Jewish people. And that is an awesome testimony, bro. Uh, Jesus set me free from alcohol and uh, pornography. And uh, now he's working on other things like anger, you know temporary, you know, kind of casual jealousy or envy, some those those type of things right there. But uh, we know that God is working in our lives to live a holy life. Uh, uh, talk to us, uh, talk to the audience about, um, hopefully these day and age we don't lose any <laughs> audience at this moment, but talk to us about how God sets us free from those bondages. I mean, well, I, first I'd say about if anybody in the audience is dropping off, don't miss the truth because the truth, uh, you know, is more important than uh, being entertained. So, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, when I got saved, uh, you know, it's not about it's not about, it's not about following a bunch of rules. Yeah. It's about following a person. It's yeah. about following Jesus. Jesus, yeah. So, what happened to me was. He showed me his power by delivering me from alcohol and depression. Yeah. You know, these were, you know, I, I dealt with alcoholism for nine years. Yes, sir. I had depression since I was, you know, probably a teenager. Mm-hmm. And when he showed me those things, you know, it just kind of blew my mind. Like, oh, wow, you know, like there's, uh, uh, I don't know, he just totally showed that he holds the power 
to just destroy this stuff. Uh-huh. If, so if, uh, you know, like look at the church today. So many of them are, uh, you know, medicated up and, you know, just uh, living fully in the world. Yeah. You know, because they're, they're looking to man for answers uh-huh. when Jesus has the answers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if somebody's got anxiety or depression or, you know, family problems or whatever, they're going to doctors, they're going to, you know, counselors, psychologists, you know, they're going to, you know, medication. Yeah. You should be on your knees talking to the one who built you. Hey, man. You know? Yeah. It's like, uh, like, I'm really into computers, you know? Mm-hmm. If, uh, if I build a computer and, you know, something starts going wrong with it, should I pass it off to somebody else and let them start installing all kinds of weirdo software to try and fix it? Or are you going to take it to the guy that built it and knows what the heck is going on? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what What you started with was, uh, you know, how you're dealing with certain things. Mm-hmm. That's just sanctification. Salvation yeah. starts with faith alone. You know, look at the thief that was on the cross next to Jesus. All he said was, you know, remember me when you come to, come into your kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, so what he was saying was that, you know, this thief on the cross was like, I do believe you're the Messiah, I do believe you're the Son of God, and you don't deserve to be here because you never did anything wrong. Yes. You know, so by, like, that that's the first key step, just acknowledging that Jesus is who he says he is. Yes, sir. You know, the gospel is so simple, and it just starts with acknowledging who Jesus is, you know, who he says he is. Yeah. And then you have to come into agreement with him about sin. You know, the word repentance, uh, I think a lot of people twist it up to be like, oh, well, you know, if you don't stop every sin today, you're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> the word repentance, if you look it up in the Greek, it actually means, like, to turn from, to, like, change your mind about it. Yeah. So, while you and I may struggle with, uh, you know, like you mentioned pornography or whatever, you know, yeah. uh, just just the culture we live in, it's easy to look at a woman and be like, oh, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And start having some bad thoughts. Yeah. But the thing about repentance is that you come into agreement with Jesus about sin. You say that, okay, Lord, I realize that this is wrong, that this is contrary to your word, yeah. and I agree with you that this is sin. And I just ask you to, you know, give me the strength to come over, you know, to, you know, uh, overcome it. Yeah. You know, because we're we're all in a process of sanctification. You know, you may you may get victory over one thing early in your walk. Yeah. But you may spend eighty years of your life struggling with another thing. Yeah. But you're saved by faith. You're not saved by the works of the law. Amen. You know, that's what Romans talks about. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you if you break one part of the law, you've broken the whole thing. Yes, yeah, sir. So it, it's it's all about faith, and it's all about being in agreement with Jesus about sin. You know, uh, that's why humility is so important. Yeah. You know, if you have pride and you won't if if you won't come into agreement, like if you're doing something, say you're say you're out clubbing yeah. and sleeping with chicks every night, if you're not humble enough to say, "Oh Lord, this is sin, and I need to turn from this," mm-hmm. then He's not going to have any mercy on you because you're you're in open rebellion against him. You may believe in him, but you're not coming into alignment. You're not coming into agreement with him yeah. about what sin is. First John 1, not 8 and 9. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
Which one? First John one nine? Yeah, one nine. Uh, one eight and one nine. Yeah, one eight and one nine. Yeah, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just yep. to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yep. And there's another one in I think Proverbs that says that he who confesses and forsakes his sin yeah. will find mercy. Amen. You know? Yeah. So it's not about being perfect, yeah. but it's about it's about coming into agreement and just doing your best to, you know, not do the things yeah. that, you know, are just contrary to them. Like, here's the thing. The, the sin, the word sin means, you know, rebellion against God. Uh-huh. So how are you going to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, and then you're also going to follow sin? Like, you're going to follow him and you're going to follow rebellion against him? Hmm. Like, it's, one is a polar opposite of the other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we have a sin nature. We're always going to struggle. Like even Paul said, you know, I do the things that I don't want to do. I don't do the things that I want to do. Who's going to save me from this wretched body of death? Yeah. And he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ who, you know, uh, I know I'm getting the verse wrong, but he, he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ because yeah. Jesus died for yeah. his sin. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just a constant struggle. You know, it's, it's something that takes your whole lifetime, you know, it's not just a sinner's prayer when you're five or ten or eighteen or whatever yeah. and then you're just you're just done. Yeah. You know, when you that that is the first step in a walk with Jesus and it's a whole lifetime. Yeah. So what the belief that uh uh if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart you'll be saved. That belief Describe that belief rather than the demons believe and they tremble. What 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 makes the belief? So I mean, you can believe that you're saved by going to Billy Graham uh, Crusade back in 1980s, and when you leave that stadium, uh, you you live your life just normal. Um, what makes the true? What makes true belief, and what makes counterfeit belief? Well, one of the things that Jesus said was, "You must be born again." You know, there must be there must be a difference between the old man and the new man. Yeah. When I was uh, when I was in the bar, you know, uh, I was drinking, you know, getting drunk all the time, and I believed in God. I was in Iraq in a tank behind a machine gun. Yeah. You know, listening to Metallica, getting hyped up in case I had to kill somebody. Yeah. But I believed in God, and I thought that, oh well, if I get killed today, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, here's something I didn't tell you as part of my testimony. Mm-hmm. I was in Iraq. I almost got killed twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when I got saved, I came home and came to a Bible study, and somebody gave me a word of knowledge. Uh-huh. And this person knew nothing about my tour in Iraq. I mean, they knew I was there, but they didn't know any of the details. Yeah. And he said, he just said, I feel like the Lord's telling me that you were supposed to die twice in Iraq. Wow. And your life was spared. Wow. So, I mean, still saying that, you know, this is this is years later. That still gives me chills saying that. Wow. Wow. So, you know, even when even when I was in the bar, even when I was in Iraq, you know, I believed in my head. I believed in my mind that, you know, Jesus was a real person, that God was real. And, uh, you know, I, I even believed that Jesus was the Son of God and all this stuff. Yeah. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't a born again. There wasn't a thing where my spirit became born again by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God. Yeah. And here's here's an analogy that I've used before. 
you know, if I say that, uh, like so many people say that they're Christians, right? You know, like they know they know who Jesus is, right? Yeah. Okay, say I tell you that I know Obama. Yeah. You know, and I go to his house and I'm standing on his porch and he answers his door. Yeah. And I say, hey, what's going on? Let me in. And he says, I don't know you. Yeah. Get off my porch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like so many people have that kind of mental uh, belief where they know who Jesus is, but if they showed up on Jesus's porch, he would say, depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about a thing where, you know, not only are you confessing that he is, you know, uh, the son of God raised from the dead, you know, believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead and all these things. It's not just about believing that, but it's about you know, asking the Lord to make you a new creation, to make you born again, yeah. where the Spirit of God actually touches your life. Because Amen. one of the things Paul said was that, you know, uh, we're sealed by the Spirit until the day of the re- until the day of redemption. So, if you're not, if you don't have that spiritual rebirth, yeah, you're not His. Yeah, exactly. It's like you you can you can believe in your mind all day long. Mm-hmm. Until you have like that spiritual rebirth, mm-hmm. you're just not where you need to be. Yeah. And so many people have not come to that. Uh, so many people have not come to that part of their walk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Holy Spirit has to be there. <laughs> uh, right. Do you, Do you, have you heard of the book Not a Fan? What is it? It's called Not a Fan. It's by no. Carl Eidemann. Eidemann. I got the book. I can't even pronounce his name, though, because it's like idol <laughs> and then man. But uh, it talks about being a fan uh, in a, uh, versus being a follower. Uh, being a fan is like, you know, right. you, you, you're, you're in the bleachers. You, you cheer them on, but you really don't know the players. You really don't know the coach personal. But a follower, the person who actually gets involved, uh, not that you say by works and none, that's not the point, but the point is that your heart belongs to Christ. The book, the book is pretty good. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not the type of person who, who really, I like, I love my Bible. And I ain't trying to be, I, I'm not trying to boast or nothing, but I understand that, uh, cause when I used to live in Hawaii, I would put, I would read a lot of books. And then some of the church members would be like, why are you reading? I mean, you know, they don't say it to me, but they say it, clean it up a little bit. But what they meant was, why are you reading all those books when you should be reading the Bible first? Which today, I'm lo- I'm glad I never took that personal. I actually took that advice. But this book right here, just it, it's, it's, it's a good book because it defines a follower versus a fan. And he, right. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I tell you to do? And, exactly. And you do it out of obedience because he said in First John, he talked about uh, if you if you love me, you keep my commandments. And people probably say, what commandments? What are you talking about? Well, throughout the New Testament by itself, he commands you to love your wife as Christ loved the church. I struggle with that one. I love my wife to death now than I did four weeks ago than I did prior to that. Six months ago, you know, but yeah. but um, to to be a follower means that you do what he said. Do not forsake the gathering assemblies yourself. So you're a truck driver, so it's kind of hard for you to <laughs> go anywhere. 
But, you know, we're, we're doing what God says to do. We're not saved by works, but we, we, we love him, therefore we, are, we, we obey him. So, uh, one of the things that he said was, you know, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Yes. You know? So, like, you, you know if you belong to him because you follow him. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. You know, and it's, you know, it's not about being perfect. Nobody can keep the Ten Commandments. Yes. Nobody can, uh, you know, walk in perfect obedience except for Jesus himself. So, for Jesus. Uh, you know, but I mentioned this in another video. Uh, the word Christian means follower of Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a there's a verse in Acts that says that, you know, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So yeah. the word Christian is synonymous with the word disciple, and disciple means someone who follows one's teaching. So there's so many people running around with just the name tag on that says, hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah. But they totally lack the following part. Yeah. You know, a real Christian actually follows. That's the, the, that's the definition of the word. Yeah. So, so what's the pre? So, so what is the pre requirements? You know, you go to college and you before you can take, you know, trigonometry, you have to have have pre pre requests. Uh, what is the pre requests for the rapture of the church? In other words, what has to be going on in your life um, in relevance to God for you to be raptured? Are you talking on like a personal level or on like a uh, prophetic level? Like, are you just talking for for a person? Yeah. Uh, what does your life have to be like, um, and to hear that trumpet sound and actually to vanish and go into heaven? Um, and I, I I already know the answer, but uh, I, I want to hear you. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that will tell you that you know all believers go yeah. and. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't believe that. I believe that, uh, you know, again, you have to take the Bible and look at it through a Jewish perspective. And again, the rapture, it's not only, you know, synonymous with the wedding, but it's also synonymous with a harvest. Yeah. And the rapture is a first fruits of the harvest. Like, I've grown a garden for the past several years, oh. and I know that if I put out a couple tomato plants, it's going to put up a couple red ones but the rest of the plant's not going to be ready. There's going to be a bunch of little green ones and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the same thing with the rapture. He's looking for the ripe fruit. He's looking for the he's looking for the first fruits that are ready now. Yeah. You know, he's looking for somebody who's walking in obedience, walking in faith. You know, uh, not not surrounded and in, in love with the world. You know, the Bible says that. You know, if you love the uh, love of the world is enmity with God. You know, meaning you're an enemy of God. So. Look at how many people in just the American church alone are in love with the world. Oh yeah. You know, oh. But they think, but they think they're going to be raptured, you know, and that goes right back to the to the Laodicean church in uh, Revelation three. Yeah, that's what I was. You know, they say they say I'm rich and have need of nothing. Yeah. You know, but Jesus says you're really wretched, poor, blind, and naked. What he's telling them is that you know you have all this material junk, but you don't have the truth. Yeah. You know. They yeah. have that head belief, but they don't have that reborn by the spirit heart. Yeah, you know? heart belief. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Church of Philadelphia, in verse eight of chapter three, he says, "I know that works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, 
and has kept my word and has not denied my name. Uh, now, reading that verse, uh, what does that verse tell you relevance to Laodicea? Let me read it one more time. It says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before the open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. What's the difference? Why, why, why is he telling them they have not denied my name versus Laodicean? What the heck did Laodicean do that that was different? Well, um, you know, there's, there's a, when you're born again, there's like a real commitment to Jesus. Like, you have a root. Like, uh, when I was born again, I know that I know that I know that, you know, Jesus is who he says he is and he did what he did. Yeah. You know, it's not just a belief for me anymore. Yeah. And there's so many people in the church where, like, let's say, uh, let's say we go to Joel Osteen's church, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And you and I come in the front door with AK-47s mm-hmm. and say, you know, uh, those of you that uh, believe in Jesus and will not deny his name, get on the left. And those of you who are willing to deny his name uh, and want to go free without getting killed, yeah. go to the right. You know, I'd say probably ninety percent, eighty percent would go to the right, <laughs> and they just but they file out the fire exits, and then the other ten or twenty percent would be like, "I am not denying Jesus' name for anything. You can fill me full of holes, you can cut my head off, you can do whatever you got to do, yeah. but I am committed to Jesus no matter what you got." Yeah, yeah. And I mean that—that's the kind of thing you got to have that root in you. You have to have that. You have to you have to have that dedication. Like yeah. people have to understand that Jesus is a king. He's not just you know Lord Savior all these things. He's also a king. You know, uh, and because of our Western democracy and all that, we don't really understand living under a monarchy. Mm-hmm. But you know, if he presented himself as a king, you know, and like if you went if you went to a king and you know like weren't loyal to him, mm-hmm. he'd probably cut your head off. You know. Yeah, it's like it's, I don't know. It's it's all about a level of loyalty, you know. Um, that that's just the separation I see between those Philadelphians and the Laodiceans. Yeah. The Laodiceans are the ones that you know, if hard times really come, yeah, they're gonna be like, oh man, I gotta look out for number one. Jesus isn't doing anything for me right now. I'm gonna, yeah. you know, this guy's got a stash over here. I'm gonna go kill him, take his food, so I can eat and feed my kids. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> where the Philadelphians are gonna be like you know, Heavenly Father, and they're going to pray and be like, Lord, we know that you, uh, you know, have never seen the righteous forsaken and never seen their seed begging bread and that you're going to provide for us just like you gave the Jews manna from heaven and all this. So, I mean, there's just a, there's just a separation of loyalty, you know, those that, those that are kind of uh, like fair-weather friends. Yeah. Or those who are going to like stick through it, even if World War Three comes, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, uh, uh, I just had a good question, and then the Skype message came up saying I had the microphone up too too loud. It kind of distracted me, but uh, let's go back to uh, let's go to Syria. Let's talk about Syria, um, and I want to hear your take on this. Um, I, I myself. Um, not I'm not an antichrist chaser. I believe in Titus two thirteen, looking for that blessed hope, and you know, talking about looking for our God and Savior Jesus Christ to come get us. Um, but uh, just for the conversation, um, 
who do you see? Oh, not who do you see? Where do you see the Antichrist coming from? I think I uh, I gave him what I thought he was coming from already. But uh, who do you well, who do you think he is? What type of person is he? Is he a religious figure, um, uh, or is he a suit or a robe? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, right. That's a that's a tough question because people have been discussing it forever and ever, you yeah. know. And uh, I used to try and pick out who he was and everything. Yeah. But Second uh, Thessalonians says that he's not going to be revealed until the restrainer's taken out of the way. And if I know so, who I mean, he is, I've been left behind. <laughs> right. right. Go ahead. So, I believe after the rapture, if you have you know any kind of Bible knowledge, like if you used to be one of these head believers and not one of these heart believers, and you find yourself left behind, Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to have any trouble picking out, oh, it's the big guy that's running the show now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't don't try to pick names. I've heard all the theories about, you know, uh, Bashar Assad and Obama and Prince William and all these guys. You know, everybody's got a theory about it. Yeah. And sometimes I really just feel like that's such a distraction from, you know, just... You know, the Bible says preach the gospel uh-huh. and get people into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, if you spend all your time trying to figure <laughs> out who he is, who are, you, who are you really bringing in before it's too late? I know. I know, right? You know, because I, I know people that spend their every waking moment trying to figure out, oh, well, you know, this is the mark of the beast, and this guy's the Antichrist, and, you know, here's how this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. You know, if we just focus on the gospel and bringing people in, they won't have to worry about all of that. Yeah, yeah. But, exactly. you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I believe that the Antichrist is likely on the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may even be someone who's in the, you know, public eye right now. Yeah. And, you know, just like anybody else, i got a couple people that I might be like, okay, this could be it. But I'll tell you, I'm not 100% on any person. And, yeah. uh you know, I, I see how certain people could step right into the role. Yeah. But, you know, I don't feel confident enough about it where I could be like, this is totally the guy. This is, you know, sealed you, and stone. You want me to be dogmatic? I'll tell, you who I, I, I'll tell you who I think he is. You ready? Go for it. I believe the Antichrist is, you got it right. I don't think he's nowhere to be seen. I don't even think... This is my opinion, but I don't. And people get mad when I tell them this. I don't believe the Antichrist is anywhere to be seen. Now, as far as the global scene, I don't think he is. Now, as far as Syria, I believe. Not, not one thing I do believe the Antichrist will come from, and the Bible gives some hints, uh, somewhat. So, in a, in a, in the area of Iraq, Syria, and Turkey, something like that. But the Assyrian. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling, this is just not, I mean, if somebody have a comment, you know, you watching YouTube or a blog talk, leave a comment, but I, I have the notion that someone is out of the line, uh, in general, uh, international, you know, media, he's not there. He's more like in a, uh, maybe in a position, maybe he's a CEO somewhere. Maybe he's a college professor like Obama. I don't know. But he he's nowhere to be seen until that trumpet sound and millions of people vanish off the face of the earth, and then he shall be revealed. Uh, other than that, I don't think I think he's a pretty boy. I, I believe he's a. I believe that all the politicians we ever seen, this guy is going to look. The Bible says he has to look more stout than his fellows. They also call him the king of fierce 
features. And I don't understand why people can't understand that the word fierce means it's a tough look. It's intimidating. He's a pretty boy, but he's got the character lines. He's got the, you know, the green eyes or the hazel eyes. I mean, his hair slicked back like a mafia leader. He's six foot four, six foot five. I mean, good looking guy. That's the that's who I see as the Antichrist. Somebody I don't know yet, but I know he has to be good looking for the ladies and suave and can speak boastfully, proud, arrogant. I believe that when he arises, he's going to be um, the, the some symbol like Adolf Hitler. He's going to look like Adolf Hitler on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, um, you know, the Bible says that, uh, you know, it's possible that even the elect would be deceived. So, uh, I mean, this guy's got to be so super slick yeah. that, you know, even people that call themselves Christians are like, uh, he's not the Antichrist. Come yeah. on. Yeah, but I think that, I think some key features that we need to look for is that he destroys many through peace. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, so like I said, I'm not a hundred percent on any person, but I'm kind of leaning one way. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say it. I'm leaning towards Obama, but I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not dogmatic. I'm not dogmatic about it. If it turned out to be somebody else, I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> but but here's here's something I find interesting. Uh-huh. Um, you know how Jesus had John the Baptist come and he prepared the way for him, he made his way straight? Yeah. Well, you know, Obama, even if he's if he's not the Antichrist, uh-huh. he's making the way straight for the Antichrist. Yeah. I'll give him yeah. that much. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got a spirit of Antichrist on him, you know? Yeah. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the, the, the final guy or anything. Yeah. But, you know, he's certainly... He's certainly part of the system, and I, I think he's really putting stuff in the position to destroy many through peace. You know, oh, yeah. look at how he's dealing with Israel, saying, "Oh no, no, don't uh, don't attack anybody, don't attack Syria, don't attack Iran, because we can do this diplo- uh, through diplomacy." Yeah. So, and he's got them sitting, you know, back so far to where things get so tense, almost to the point where you know it gives. Iran the the chance to run away with it and make the first shot, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you got that going on, and it's like, uh, I, I don't know how you explain this, but I mean, the guy's only been in office since oh, you know, early oh nine, uh-huh. and yet turned the entire uh, American polit, you know, politic and every he's turned the whole thing upside down, you know. Yeah. He's pretty much thrown the Constitution in the trash. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, how do you explain that? It's like they put this guy into office because he charmed everybody. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's got the whole thing flipped upside down, yeah. and nobody's really reacting to it. Yeah. You know, people talk, and people people get all mad and say this and that, but, I mean, it's just not... I mean, it's like it's been stolen right out from under our hands, out from under our eyes, you know? Yeah, he took it another level. Um, so I, I think it's funny that as much as he lies, mm-hmm. so many people are just on board with him, even to the point where I really feel like he's about to get reelected. You know, I think yep. these, uh, I think these guys running for the Republican nomination, yep. you know, yep. they're a bunch of chumps, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Rom- Romney is, you know, just a Obama light. Yeah. Uh, Santorum, you know, I like him because he's, you know, 
morally conservative and all these kind of things. Yeah. But he doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the support to really get in there. Yeah. I think uh, Newt's a joke, and sorry if I offend anybody, but I don't think Ron Paul's got any you know stay in power either. I don't oh. think he can even get in there. No. No. But. You know, I, I don't think any of them can get in there. I think Obama's got it clinched because yeah. look at, uh, you know how King Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun? Uh-huh. You know, uh, look at Israel. You know, they were a great uh, kind of blueprint for what's going on with us. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, we want to have a king like everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. And God was like, you know, well, I'm supposed to be your king, but, you know, if you want this guy, he's going to be corrupt and crooked. Yeah. But I'll give you your king. Mm-hmm. So it's Look at what has happened in America. They've kicked God out of school, out of the courts, you know, prayer out of the classrooms. Uh, you know, they've kicked God out of just about every aspect of American culture, you know, in the public culture anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like they've decided, oh, well, we want, a, we want a king, you know. We we don't want God in our schools. We don't want God in our anywhere. Yeah. And they're looking to Obama to be their savior. You know, look at how many people when he got elected was like, Oh, Obama's going to fix everything. He's going to save the economy. He's going to, you know, just uh, like like he's a savior in a man's body to so many people. Hmm. And I really believe that God said, well, you know, if you don't want me as your God, here's your God. You can have him. Yeah. And because America has not repented, I believe that he's going to get reelected as a further judgment against this country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you believe that... um uh, the United States not being 100% identified in Bible prophecy means that the United States, I guess that is my question, what do you think happened in the United States? I think it's unmistakable that uh, America is Babylon, and I believe that uh, you got to look at it this way. How can you have a new world order with America in the position that it's in? Yeah. You know, for the new world order, you have to have everybody on level on a level playing field, mm-hmm. and America is sovereign, wealthy, all these things. America uh, has to be torn down. Yeah. Okay, not, not only for that reason, but also, who's the who's the last country on earth that's defended Israel? Uh-huh. You can't attack Israel while you got Big Brother America sitting over their shoulder. You know, yeah. even if. Even if we don't think that Obama's really going to go, you know, uh, uh, support them militarily, mm-hmm. we're, we're still a threat to the rest of the world. Yeah. And the rest of the world probably hasn't really gone after Israel like they want to uh-huh. because they know the American military is hanging out in the Middle East. Yeah. So I really feel like America has to be pretty much just destroyed, brought so low that they really have no role in the end times and uh you know just look at sodom and gomorrah you know uh everybody when they hear sodom and gomorrah they immediately think of homosexuality right yeah and you know um and jesus or yeah he said that it'll be as the days of lot you know when when the you know coming to the son of man is so it'll be just like you know sodom and gomorrah like look at how much homosexuality has just become you know, kind of integrated in our society. It's become oh, acceptable. Yeah. It's kind of become where people don't really fight against it anymore. Yeah. I mean, they do a little bit, but for the most part, the culture is just kind of like, 
you know, like, okay with it. Yeah. Well, the homosexual uh, agenda, they fight more for their causes than the Christian church fight for its causes. Right. That's sad. But yeah. I, I, think the, I think the Christian church is also just so worn out from fighting everybody all yeah, the time. That's true. But, that's true. you know, the thing about Sodom and Gomorrah, it wasn't just homosexuality. If you go back to, I think it's Ezekiel 16, it says, you know, these were the sins of your sister Sodom. Yeah. Pride, fullness of bread, idleness, and I mean, look at America. Yeah. We're about as proud as you can get. Oh, we're yeah. about as lazy as you can get. You can, we're about as fat as you can get. <laughs> and it says that we also will not have to help the hand of the poor. I mean, look at how many people are just like, you know, even our middle class, mm-hmm. like just myself as a truck driver, uh-huh. I'm probably, I, I mean, I'm not rich or anything, yeah. but I would say that I have more wealth personally than probably 90% of the world yeah. just because I'm an American. Yeah. You know, and it says that, you know, you would not help the hand of the poor. I mean, look at how many people just in the middle class alone won't even, you know, go help in a food kitchen or a soup kitchen, won't help the homeless. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody's looking out for number one, and if you can't, you know, take care of yourself, then you're on your own. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, America is the new Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, I think I, I think it was Billy Graham that said it, you know, if God doesn't judge America, then he's going to have to go back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, because, sure. Because, you know, if we haven't surpassed them, you know, we're right on par with them. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that they did worse than us was that, you know, when the angels came into Lot's house, the people were outside, you know, like, hey, bring out them, uh, <laughs> bring out them angels so we can get with them. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I don't know if we're that bad yet. Yeah. But, I mean, we're not far off. No, no, no. So, I, no. I do believe that America's Babylon. I actually, I saw a website that laid it all out really well. Uh, you know, when you look at things like Revelation 18, uh-huh. uh, here's here's the primary Babylon chapters. Uh, Revelation 18, uh, Jeremiah 50, 51, I think, uh, I think Isaiah 13 and 14. And when you read those chapters, every, all the descriptions fit exactly America, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you just got to research it for yourself. And, uh, I mean, there's got to be some ex- explanation for America not being, you know, very obviously. Uh, hold on a second here. All right. Sorry, people still don't know how to drive out here. But, <laughs> um yeah, so, I mean, the whole thing about America is that, uh, you know, that the, the way that America is now, there's no way that you can have a new world order with America as it is. There's no way that you can, you know, bring, like, a Gog-Magog alliance against Israel with America all hanging out in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. And just because we've reached the level of sin that, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and, you know, the time of Noah has... Yeah. We got ours coming, man. And anybody that doesn't believe that, they're living in blindness. Yeah, I I, I um wanted to know, uh, do you have a sense that maybe even some of those watchers might be thrown off track? And the reason why I say that is because you made a couple of key statements. Um, the United States being taken out, um, I. I'm starting to think that, and I was thinking that when the common element stuff was coming was on, I kind of pulled, tried to start pulling out of that one. 
But I'm starting to think that maybe the watchers might be lowered to sleep. And what I mean by that is right now is the perfect atmosphere for something to start popping off. And we have no uh, idea. Or it could be next year where the watchers are like, okay, I can time to feed the kitty. You know, it's time to go take John John to, you know, practice. But time for me to go back to school. And all of a sudden, boom, all this stuff start coming. Um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you exactly what has happened, and uh, I've actually, I've actually fallen for the same trap. Yeah. Okay. Um, the devil knows that we're watching for the rapture. The devil knows that these are the end times, and that you know he's about to get his time to shine during the tribulation, right? Yeah. He knows that there's watchers out there, and he knows that those watchers are trying to bring people into the kingdom. Yeah. And he knows that you know there's power in. Uh, you know, a stern warning that, oh, well, America's about to get judged, and if you don't get right with Jesus Christ, then you're in for a world of hurt. Uh-huh. The devil knows all of that. Yeah. So he has to counteract that in some way, and I'll tell you exactly how he's done it. Oh. He's done the game of crying wolf. Yeah. You know, yeah. Look, at the, look at the watchers who have fallen for every single feast date under the sun, mm-hmm. every conspiracy theory saying that, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Operation Blackjack, Conan, uh, Nibiru, everything under the sun that is passed by the Internet, the watchers have been like, red alert, red alert, red alert. People are just, you know, when when people get let down so many times, Mm. they're finally like, oh, screw it. I've heard this so many times, I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. And that's exactly what has happened. Uh, I've seen it with people in my own life. I've, uh, I've experienced it myself, you know, where I've gotten hyped up for certain dates. And then when they came and went, I was like, it felt like somebody kicked me right in the chest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's how everybody feels right now because they're so tired of being jerked around. Yeah. You know, by everything saying, oh, well, you know, it's going to happen on this date and this date. Harold Camping said it's going to be on May 21st. Yeah. And, like, look at Harold Camping, man. When, you know, the world sees him putting up billboards all over the country saying that it's going to be May 21st and that flops. Yeah. And then he comes out again saying October twenty whatever. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's like, everybody's like, look at this clown. <laughs> and then they lump, and then they lump us all in with him. Yeah. Because so many of us have fallen for the same junk. Yeah. You know, so we're all just as a collective group sitting here, crying wolf, falling for the tricks of the enemy. Yeah. And now so many people are desensitized. They've gone back to sleep. They've gone back to because they're like, oh well, you know this. Uh, you know, this Ellen thing, man, it looked like it was 100% bulletproof, yeah. and it flopped. So, yeah, you even had you know, some if, that was the best, if that was the best theory on the table, you know, and that flopped, then I'm not going to believe anything else I hear now. Yeah, right? you even have some of the some preachers that, like, wow, he's talking about common Ellen. I, I, I was on a YouTube, and I was like, I kind of got suckered in because a lot of People were talking about it, not just the laymen or normal, you know, YouTubers. I'm talking about preachers that you be like, wow. I mean, right. you know, but it's nice to throw the caution sign up, and I and I th- and I like to throw it up a lot more than I used to, where I'll be like, well, it, it could happen on the feast of trumpets, but uh, just throw the call just in case it might, you know, we don't know. But it, 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 right. it seems like a cop out. 
you know, because a lot of us like to hear, uh, you know, I, I want more views on my video, so I want to be dogmatic. I think it would be nice to just kind of stay on the surface and, and, and study Bible prophecy where you're kind of playing it safe. Because I, I, yeah. I used to couldn't stand people to play it safe. I said, like, give me some predictions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to be like that, man. I would listen to everybody, and I would get mad when somebody's, like, conservative, you know. Right. And and now I understand why. <laughs> well, so, some, of them, uh, some of them were wiser than others, and, you know, I fell for the, you know, like, there, there was a time there where I was putting out a timeline on every video I did, like, oh, well, you know, this is going on and this is going on, so the rapture's got to be sometime in here. Yeah. And then, you know, the tri the second coming sometime in here. Yeah. And now, like, here, that's exactly what's happened to me. Yeah. You know, I got burned by I got burned by the Ellenin thing. You know, I took yeah. my hits for that. Yeah. And, uh, like, I really feel like, I really feel like here's what the Lord said to me. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, he said, quit. Oh, man, I, I, had, a, I had a good, uh, I had a good analogy about this. Um, you know, it's like all these people that are watching and trying to come up with timelines and trying to figure out the date and mm -hmm. trying to figure out exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like the sinking Titanic. Yeah. Everybody knows that our, our Titanic's sinking. We're taking on water, right? Yeah. But the watchers, they're all running for the lifeboats mm -hmm. instead of helping anybody else get off the ship. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. They're all like, oh, well, you know, I got this figured out. And... The thing is about, uh, I mean, there's people that are still nailing down dates, saying this date's going to happen, yeah. this date's going to be this. Yeah. And you know what that is? Uh, I think the Lord revealed that to me also. It's it's a point of pride, you know. He said, uh, Lord said that I will not share my glory with another. Yeah. So when we get raptured, do you think that he's going to let somebody up there that was like, yeah, figure out the date, man. <laughs> and, then, and then everybody's like applauding that guy. <laughs> he said, I will not share my glory with another. So uh -huh. he's not going to let a single person know what day it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't care who's got... I mean, I've seen people with the most bulletproof theories, uh -huh. and they fall flat, yeah. you know, every time. So yeah. my thing now is, you know, we're obviously in the season. You can obviously see this going on in current events. You know, I can match this. Like, like I mean, you could take any newspaper and probably grab ten, ten headlines and put a Bible verse right next to them. Yeah. And it would be, you know, current. Yeah. So, I mean, we've gotten more than enough evidence to say that this is the time, this is the season. Uh-huh. But we got to get off this date set thing and focus on the gospel, you know? Yeah. Like, focus on, focus on getting people in because, you know, I, I've learned by my own experience that nobody's going to figure the date out mm -hmm. and that, you know... People even try and play the whole like, oh well, you know, it's uh, it's this it's this window, you know, like well, it's going to be between these three days or something. So I don't know the day or the hour, but I'm not saying that you know it's not going to. I'm not saying that somebody won't figure out the ballpark or something. Uh -huh. But what are we gaining by focusing all our efforts on that? Yeah. You know, who's coming into the kingdom because? You know, Joe Blow said, oh, well, April 11th, it's all going down, man. Yeah. You know, and then how many of them are falling off when that guy's wrong? Yeah. Like, I'll, t I'll tell you this. You mentioned something about view counts. Uh-huh. I've noticed that since uh, since the beginning of the year, my view counts have gone down. Yeah. 
And, you know, I will say I am not in this about view counts. I don't give a crap about view counts. Yeah. I'm simply making an observation here. Yeah. But last fall, I was making all these kind of sensationalist videos about, you know, well, this date, this is going to happen, and this, and this, and this. Uh-huh. And it was tickling people's ears. Everybody wanted to oh, hear yeah. the latest theory on yeah. what's going down. Yeah. Yeah. And when I when I switched off of that prophecy thing and I started just going back to Bible basics, yeah. you know, just teaching stuff like spiritual warfare, uh-huh. you know, just just going straight with the gospel, just going with like, you know, asking people, do you really know you're born again? Yeah. You know, just going back to simple stuff. Uh-huh. You know, when I went back to that, my views started dropping off. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, Lord, you know, people are just, you know, not only do they want their ears tickled with the latest theory? You know, it's like, I got a friend that me and him talk about this all the time. Uh-huh. I feel like Jesus is shaking off the bandwagon watchers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, look, look at the bandwagon that was rolling by Ellenin. When Ellenin didn't happen, how many people jumped off and quit watching? Oh, I've, I've seen some messages on my Facebook friends. It's like, well, I, yeah. he, he didn't come back, so I'm going to go and do something else. They actually said that. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, you know what he's doing? Uh, I believe I believe this is what Jesus is doing. He's shaking off their fairweather friends. He's shaking off the bandwagoners yeah. because he wants the real, dedicated, hardcore, stick through it no matter what people. But you know he wants what? the people that are in love with him. He doesn't want the people that are just looking for a free ride to heaven. I like what you said earlier about head, head salvation, the head knowledge. It's like yeah. they're saved by their head rather than... Now, the Bible did say be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, but that's exactly what you were saying earlier about repenting and making an about-face type of mind, not yeah. not being, you know, uh, sensationalized by, oh, Comet Ellen, and it's going to bring three days of darkness. And and the, the more I think... I made, of, I made that video, man. I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah. Well, the more I think about that, the funnier it is. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I laugh at myself. I mean, I'm not laughing at nobody else. I'm just like, I mean, sell me some wetland in, you know, in Arizona. I mean, type of thing where I'm just like, wow, I can't believe I fell for that. I don't really look at other people, but I, I think it would have been cool to happen that way. I think it sounded so cool that we would love it to happen that way, but it's <laughs> not going to happen the way... We thought it was gonna happen, I, you know. But uh, God, going back to the uh, Bible prophecy, uh, the 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 markets. Uh, I I I noticed that the markets are going back up, but the gas prices are going up as well. Uh, do you see the markets? Uh, economic total collapse. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about 29, 1929 on steroids. I, you believe that along with maybe, uh, uh, what is that? What is that uh, operation was called? That one thing we fell for. Uh, you said it already. Uh, blackjack. blackjack. What if that actually comes? I mean, what if blackjack scenario actually do surface? That could take the United States I, out. I actually think it. I actually think it could. Yeah. I just think that they were baiting us with a date to pull that whole you know cry wolf thing. Oh yeah. I'm they, thinking they're telling us they're telling us what they're gonna do. Yeah. But then they got us chasing this stuff yeah. to be like getting everybody crying yeah. wolf. Yeah. Well, it was Y two K. They started that a long time ago. But bro, remember when I said earlier about the Illuminati who's pulling the strings, Satan. Right. Now, if Satan really wanted us to, I mean. 
Satan knows about, he knows something's going to happen because the New Age movement knows about vanishing. The world is supposed to liquidate itself of the evil schisms that are uh, bringing us apart, you know. So he knows about the rapture of the church. He just know he just does not know when, just like the cross. He didn't know what was going on. God kept him blind. So right. so maybe Project uh uh Blackjack and all of these things are actually physically getting people ready. Because remember the uh vehicles that uh that people have been seeing uh through you know, on the train tracks, there are all kinds of military vehicles being moved, and and uh, it's just too many things going on, bro. It's just too many things going on to say that this stuff is just happening by just coincidence. Well, here, here's what I think they're doing. I think they're doing all this stuff. I think they're setting all this stuff up, but then they do something in the media, simultaneously, you know, like crying wolf or yeah, whatever, simultaneously, to make, yeah, to make us to make us look foolish, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. like. Uh, I remember uh, Glenn Beck started talking about stuff on uh, FEMA camps or something. Yeah. And, like, he was like, well, I totally believe there's FEMA camps and all this. Yeah. And then something happened, and all of a sudden he sh he shut up about it real quick. Yeah, they probably jacked him up. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something going on where I believe all this stuff is happening. But, you know, there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes where yeah. – you know, if somebody is coming out with, uh, you know, like real solid proof about this stuff, uh -huh. you know, one of their tactics is to just mock you into oblivion to make you just look like a complete nut. Yeah, there he, there they go again. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like they just, they just write you off as like, well, you're you're a total lunatic, man. None of this is going on. Yeah. And they just write you off as a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Yeah. But a, a lot of this stuff is really going on. You know, yeah. I, I believe the FEMA camp thing. I believe yeah. the. You know the 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 gas chambers that they're putting in and everything. Uh huh. Or the guillotine. Uh, oh. You know something you said uh, about the Illuminati. I wanted to I wanted to say this real quick. Oh, yeah, bro. Um, I believe that those people are in the position that they're in because uh, I saw a guy talking about this one time. I think his name was Roger Morneau. He's a French guy. Uh -huh. And what what he was saying was that. Uh, you know, there was a, a great debate, or there was, like, a great argument. And what it was was that when pride was found in Lucifer and Lucifer was thrown out of heaven, mm -hmm. um, Lucifer really felt like he was treated unfairly. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you know, look, you got all these humans that you gave them a plan of redemption. You gave them Jesus to, you know, give them forgiveness of sins. But what do I get? You didn't give me anything. You said, I found pride in you. You're out of here. And you're, you know, destined for the lake of fire. There's no second chances for you. Mm -hmm. So I believe what happened with this Illuminati thing is that, you know, uh, most people should probably know that Illuminati just means, like, illuminated ones. Like, yeah. you know, they feel like they're illuminated with this knowledge. Uh -huh. And what it is is that they're, they've fallen, like, they've taken sympathy for the devil, like that Rolling Stone song. They've taken sympathy for the devil and, like, like, taking up sympathy for his side of the argument. Like, wow. oh, well, you know, pride was found in him, and he was thrown out, and he was treated unfairly. Yeah. So, like, he's told, you know, he's told all these people, you know, whether they're Luciferians or Illuminati or, you know, whoever, that, well, you know, I found a chink in the armor. I found a way where I can defeat, you know, God's plan, and that we can have our own separate kingdom on the side mm -hmm. without 
you know, without this whole lake of fire business and all this stuff, you know, he's like, I found a loophole, you know, and you can come be part of my kingdom and it's all going to be cool and, you know, all this stuff. So it's like all these people are just following Lucifer, you know, knowing that the Bible's true, but it's like, it's like they, they, they think it's been rewritten yeah. in favor of God where, you know, Satan actually does have, uh, you know, a loophole where he can, you know, skate out of it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's the same with uh, it's the same with Islam. Yeah. Um, you know, they uh, they say they believe in all the same people. You know, Jesus and and uh, you know all the patriarchs and all this stuff. Um, you know, but what it is is just uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Something about. Something about just twisting it just enough where... Yeah. What about uh, Chrislam? It's another gospel. Huh? What about Chrislam? What's up with that? Chrislam. Mixture of Christianity and oh. Islam. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's just that ecumenicalism, which yeah. all, all it means is that, like, like, people want tolerance to be above the truth. You know, they, yeah. they say that they can stand side by side with... You know, Krishna and Buddha and Muslims and every religion you can think of. Yeah. And that these guys can all stand side by side and say that we're worshiping the same God. Yeah. And uh, the problem is that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, Jesus said that no man can come to the Father but by me. Mm-hmm. So all these, other, all these other religions yeah. do not have Jesus as, you know, the sole path to salvation. Yeah. You know, they did the like like the key thing about all those religions is that they de- deny Jesus as the son of God. Yeah. So you know? and when you take away his deity like that, then uh, you automatically become a false gospel, a false doctrine, yeah. you know. So all those all those religions yeah. are trying to work their own way into heaven, uh-huh. you know, whether it's praying five times a day, whether it's, you know, you got to do this, got to do that. Where Christianity is about what God did for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, mis- so the Revelations uh, religious organization, uh, Chrislam is just a way of pouring uh, Islam into the soup of many religions. So it, it's trying to get Christianity and, and and Islam to have this marriage. So they can jump into the pot with the rest of the religions, uh, therefore destroying them both. Because once you neutralize uh, and you kind of mix it up, it becomes this, you know, uh, defected. Uh, especially Islam, even Islam becomes defected. Um, gosh, you've noticed how uh, you notice how the Pope has had a bunch of other religions around yeah. there, like. Uh, you know, he's invited imams and ayatollahs and whoever and uh-huh. you know, all these other religions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, they. I think they've even said publicly that, you know, they're worshiping the same God just in different ways. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, what, what, are the, what are the biggest religions, you know, other than Christianity? There's, you know, Catholicism and Islam. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know if I want to get into this, uh you know how everybody's expecting Peter the Roman to be the last pope? Yeah. Because of that uh, uh, Malachi. Malachi prophet. Yeah, Malachi, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what they're saying is that, you know, the last guy's going to become apostate. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know, this is kind of conspiracy theory, but I've kind of thought that, you know, I really expect the last pope to, you know, be the false prophet. Yeah, me too. You know, I mean, a lot of people do. The, the, the pope, yeah, the, the pope claims to be a vicar for Christ. He claims to, you know, stand, stand in representation of Christ, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, if the guy's supposed to become apostate, this is just an idea, you know, I'm not saying this is what it's going to be, but I've thought about, like, what if what if the Pope converts to Islam? You know. Yeah. Well. Because like they're, they're both they're both. Uh, I mean, they they say they're worshiping the same God. You know, they're all on the wrong track. Uh-huh. Uh There there were other reasons that I thought this. You know, I've I've kind of gone down like the body path, believing that the Antichrist is going to also be the body. You know the. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that to me. I, I, I've already that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, so to me, I, I really feel like you, you got to look at it this way. Satan has put a whole lot of work into the Catholic and Islamic churches or yeah. synagogues or whatever you know, whatever you want to call them, the religions. Yeah. He's put so much work into those. They got to have some kind of role in the end. They got to yeah. somehow come together in like some kind of joint deception. Yeah. So. I mean, I just see there's got to be a way where Go there's got to be a way where Catholic. Enter the zone, the prophecy zone. Your end time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie, and the Matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.